Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, a show where you get comics, pop culture, and sports, and get ready for a little sports talk as we are back talking the NFL and Wild Card Weekend. Check that! Super Wild Card Weekend, because apparently we're going to be saying that every year and not just the first year that we're doing this, so blood of that. That is so annoying, but yeah, it's okay. pretty lame sauce, that's for sure. That, of course, was the voice of Craig Needles, who's joining us today. How the heck are you, Craig? Doing well. I'm ready for some playoff football, although I'm not going to lie. This is not the most exciting wildcard round we've had. We'll get into that. No, bit, but, uh, not... and uh, we have like five out of the six matchups are rematches. I think only what's yeah. the only non-rematch? Bucks, Bucks, Cowboys. I think is nope, the Bucks, only. No, no, six out of six. Bucks, Cowboys happen week one. Six out of six. Never mind. One. Six out of six rematches. Uh, Bill Needles is also here. How are you, Bill? I am doing very well. Thank you. All right, great to have you. And uh, I'm your host, as always, Matt Pierce. So I'm rounding out the trifecta. We had finished really strong this year. Uh, all of us above 500, and uh, against the spread, it was great. The all-time numbers we're we're all sitting above. We're all hovering around 53% all time. We need to, you know, get that up to 54, 55%. But uh, you know, we, we we we've been doing this podcast for a long time, and we're still churning a little profit that's that's where you want to be sitting in the old uh you know between 55 and 60 so we got a little bit of work to do to get up there but we're not losing money which is fantastic now these lines have been jumping for the wild card weekend have absolutely been jumping the likes of which i have have never really seen before uh it's got a lot to do obviously with injuries uh cropping up uh, certain people aren't going to be participating in games, we find out, but but there have been some wild, wild movements. Since our goal and the, and, and the, the playoff, uh, the, the way we calculate the stuff on the, on the podcast is our all-time records against the spread and whatnot, those are just regular season games. And then in the playoffs, what we always try to do is go, uh, what, it used to be 16-0, and 0. is it 17-0 and 0 now? 6, 4, 10... Uh... Yeah, so... No, it's 13-0 now. 13-0. Yeah, 13-0. Yeah, it used to be 12-0 and or 11-0. Or no, it's 11-0, and, and now it's 13-0. and um, Yeah, so yeah. we're going to try to try our best to go 13-0. and So we are recording this Friday night. So let's do the... We're, we're going we're gonna to be doing these lines. We're going to be picking these lines as is on Friday. Uh, for the purposes of, of, of this podcast, and then we will uh, attempt to give out what we think might happen and the best bets for, for all of these lines. But for the purposes of us in this podcast, we're, we're just going to be doing the lines currently as is, and we'll be discussing the line movement of each particular game. First up, Saturday afternoon, the Seattle Seahawks are heading to San Francisco to take on the 49ers. The 49ers are currently 9.5. This is the only game, I believe, that has seen... Well, a couple games have seen no movement. This one opened up at Niners minus and a half, and has pretty much sat there. Uh, tail of the tape for this one. The... At Caesars, you can get Niners minus nine if that's what you're into. Okay, yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad. I'm worried. I mean, I don't think this game's going to get to ten, but let's talk about that in a second. Uh, tail of the tape. San Francisco second in DVOA. Seattle tenth. And as far as their uh, records against the spread, because that's pretty much all we care about on this podcast, uh, San Francisco, a robust 11-6 and for a top-five finish in DVOA. Seattle, 7-10. and So uh, the Niners have been getting those spreads, and they have been covering them. We got the all-time playoff matchup of Brock Purdy making his first playoff start 
against Geno Smith, making his also first playoff start. So there's not much to glean there in terms of uh, in, in terms of one quarterback having a lot of advantage over the next one. Um, I don't think this line is going to get to 10, although I do fear the 10. It's strange because it's this one's strange to me in terms of the opinion I currently have on it. This is a this is a repeat matchup. It's tough to beat teams repeat times. Pete Carroll is a crafty old veteran. They've got Brock Purdy, a third string quarterback, and Brock Purdy is you know you you, you just you never know if someone like him like Purdy might turn into a pumpkin. In this matchup. And then all of a sudden, you're laying nine and a half with Brock Purdy. Let me make the case for the Niners. Mm -hmm. Let me make the case for the Niners. I I was just leading that all up to Uh, say before you do that. I was just leading that all up to say, I'm still laying the nine and a half with the Niners, despite the fact that this is somewhat (laughs) contradictory to a lot of my my usual... uh, You know, my usual logic threads in terms of how I place bets. Uh, Proceed, though, Craig. So here's how I would make the case for the Niners. Yes, the Niners did already beat the Seahawks twice this season. But that was essentially two entirely different iterations of this Niners team. The first game, uh, there was no Kittle. There was no Christian McCaffrey. He wasn't on the roster yet. And it was a different quarterback. Yeah, the second game, those guys were around. And the second game, the Niners offense essentially did whatever they wanted. Like, it just felt like a game where if they needed to score 40, that they would have. The Niners also have, I think, probably the best defense in the NFL. The Seahawks offense, we started to see some cracks in the last few weeks. They had to scrape by a Rams team that was playing with Jalen Ramsey and just a bunch of dudes. Like, all the other key players in the roster were hurt. Now, Ramsey had a phenomenal game, but it was just Jalen Ramsey and a bunch of dudes. They had to scrape by in that game. I just think that the deficit here of talent between these two rosters is a significant golf. It's a playoff game. Shanahan's going to have some stuff ready to go. And the Niners offense has gotten to a new level with Purdy at quarterback. And, and, and Billy and I were talking about this a little while ago, and he said, well, part of that is the fact that they've got McCaffrey on the roster now and they didn't with a lot of Garoppolo's time, which is true. Uh, but this version of the Niners, which, by the way, will have Debo Samuel back and ready to go. It's just, there's just so many ways they can beat you. Purdy doesn't even have to necessarily play well, I don't think, for them to win this game. If they just play well on defense and run the ball, that's that's fine. That's all they need. So give me the Niners in this one. I think they cover the nine, nine and a half, whatever it is. Uh, Billy, what, uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I'm on the Niners too. All, all Purdy needs to do is not turn the ball over, and it doesn't seem like he's done a whole lot of that. So uh, I think if he can manage this game, they can get a W, and, and they're probably going to lean pretty hard on McCaffrey. So I, I like the Niners here. And you know what? We saw Elijah Mitchell back in the lineup in week 18. Five carries, 55 yards, and two scores. So <laughs> that guy's pretty good, too. Like they've, they've, got, they've got guys they can give the ball to and have cool stuff happen. That is definitely the case. I, th- I think you guys are right. Uh, I, I don't see a scenario in which the Seahawks actually win this game. I don't see them pulling an upset. I, I, I just I, I can't. I can't reasonably see that unless there's always a chance i will say spread wise 
the Seahawks, I think, and specifically Geno and the way he he gets a lot of his stuff off in the fourth quarters and has been doing that recently. Spread wise, backdoor cover is very much part of backdoor cover. Yeah, yeah, is is part of the equation with this nine and a half because I can see the Niners being up, or I can see the Seahawks being up, you know, fourteen with. 36 seconds left and just not caring about Gino driving down the field, right? And then uh, and then Gino scoring that. You, you got to be worried about the backdoor cover. But it seems like we're all on the Niners. Officially, I am picking the 49ers minus the nine and a half. Craig, Niners. Bill, Niners. All right, clean sweep on the Niners laying the nine and a half from the crossover podcast. Next up, uh, and if I had my druthers on this particular. Uh, football game, I would say that uh, we make this a wrestling-style hair-versus-hair matchup, and the loser has to sit on the logo at center and get the buzz clippers, much like in wrestling, much like in, in the wrestling they do from time to time, whenever one wrestler is going bald a little bit. <laughs> They're like, alright, hair-versus-hair match, and I'll shave off my the long hair I've had for like six years, because it's starting to thin. Um, we got the Los Angeles Chargers, Currently laying two in Jacksonville. This line opened up at Chargers laying two and a half. So we have lost two points on this one. As or Sorry, we've lost half a point on this one and is currently sitting at Jaguars uh, plus two. A lot of stuff to consider on this one. Current tale of the tape is the Los Angeles Chargers are 18th in DVOA and Jacksonville's 13th, so they got the edge spread-wise. Chargers, they were a top four team. They were 11-5-1 against the spread. Jacksonville, who I remember being pretty darn good to me. Where are you living, Jacksonville? There you are. They were only 8-9 uh, against the spread. They had that They, they were. They had that rough 4-8 uh, and eight start, right, where they weren't really covering games. Yep. So we've got Herbert versus uh, Trevor Lawrence in this one. Great matchup. I, the, the, the reason I, I, I like... There's a couple things to look at. The Chargers, I think, have more talent on their squad. Williams is out due to sheer jackassery from his coach, so he's he's complete out of this and total one. incompetent. Like I don't understand how that like it, it, that's that's a fireable offense. What happened? Sure, Can we talk about if, that for. If he if he loses this game, he has to be DUN done. For sure, with the Chargers, because yeah. you, you I can't just, have two like, years of Herbert miss the playoffs once, get one of his best weapons injured in a meaningless game, and then lose to Jacksonville when you're a favorite, right? You got to yeah. be done after that. And here's the thing about like, hey, yeah, we want to keep things rolling, and we want to try to win this Denver game. You didn't win the Denver game. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell happened there? Like, you were trying to beat a team that is not particularly good. Now that said. Wilson looked the best he's looked all year. Uh, I think mm-hmm. that, that, uh, we may have we, we may have got some explanation as to what some of the problem was there. Uh, yeah. Either way, uh, you tried to win the Denver game and you didn't do it. And not only that, but you got like your third most important offensive player hurt, probably maybe fourth. Either way, like and and Staley's excuse: Well, we only have you know fifty guys on the roster and we've got to play you know X amount of them. Okay, you know who shouldn't play? Justin Herbert. Like, I know you've got other quarterbacks. I know mm-hmm. they're there. Like, play though. Like, play Chase Daniel. Who cares what happens to him? Justin Herbert is going to play for you in a must-win game in six days. How about you make sure that he doesn't take some big hits in that Denver game, which he did. He took <laughs> he some sure big did. hits in that game. A guy who had busted yeah. ribs for most of this season, too. Oh. 
And, and, and your other, like, you know, Eckler's been healthy all year, but of your most important offensive players, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, both those guys have been in and out of the lineup all season. And you're just going to let that, like, you're just going to risk their health on a game that doesn't do anything for you? Like, it just absolute incompetence. I would have thought that I, I would have been taking the Jaguars regardless. I think the Jaguars are the better coach team. And I think the Jags defense has been really coming on lately. They've got some good young players who are, who are making plays for them. Uh, they played a sloppy game against the Titans, but the Titans just, you know, that they play sloppy games. It's how they exist. Uh, I think that this is a Jaguars win, and I think it looks not dissimilar to the Week 3 one where the Jaguars just did a lot of whatever they wanted on offense. Herbert will be better in this game, but the Jags are going to be able to move the ball in this game. The Chargers are one of the weakest teams at defending outside runs. Travis Etienne, last I checked, fast dude. I think he has a big game. Jaguars win. Yeah, I'm not I'm not gleaning a lot from that week three matchup when Jacksonville these two teams did meet in week three and Jacksonville kicked the poop out of the Chargers that uh game with, was I, really not good that was his first there. game with that, the shattered that, ribs, so I'm not taking that, much from, from that. Though, the Jags offense really took it to them. Mm-hmm, really sure took did. it. Yeah. And, and like the, the the Charger defense is in about the same shape it was then. So mm-hmm. uh Chargers currently laying two in Jacksonville. Billy, who you got in this one? Yeah, I'm on the Jags here. I, I just think the Jags have had a really strong tail end of the season. Like, I think if they played the way they've been playing the last, you know, six or seven weeks, they might be sitting at a, you know, a 10 and seven record or, or better. So I think they're a better team. So I feel like you're getting points at home. I think it's got to be the Jags here. I, I too, am, am on the Jaguars for this one. I, I just think... Um, and you're still... By the way, you can still get two and a half at nice. BetMGM or at BetRiver... Oh, not BetRivers. They're just... They're at the two. Uh, but BetMGM and, and DraftKings, they're still offering you the two and a half if you want it. So it's, it's still out there. Nice. So you can get that half point. I still like Jacksonville too. I like Jacksonville on the money line. I think they can actually win this game. I agree with Craig. I think the coaching matchup in this one isn't even close. Uh... I I just Doug Peterson's and, won a Super Bowl. People like, yeah. people have forgotten that, but like and like he made some big balls coaching decisions along the way to that Super Bowl as we can as most everyone should be able to remember. Uh, no, Doug Peterson's a great coach, and we've seen that this year in Jacksonville. The team has improved as the season's gone on, and I think he's one of the reasons why. Now, I don't I don't know if I necessarily agree with the Doug Peterson coach of the year buzz. I think no. the coach of the year should be Kyle Shanahan, uh, mm-hmm. but if for no other reason than like. Oh, you did a much, much, much better job than Urban Meyer. Like, I don't know if we need to be giving out awards for that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I feel as though I feel as though everyone should be able to do that. Yeah. Uh, either way, he's done a great job this year, and the team's improved. And I think he's one of the reasons why. And the offense has gotten a lot better as the season's gone on. I agree. And also, let's not forget this rule. That above all else, this is why you should be betting the Jack, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Friends don't let friends bet the Chargers as road favorites. Period. Uh, so my official right. pick on this one, Jacksonville plus the two. Craig? Jaguars. Bill? Jags. All right. We got a clean sweep. Heading to Sunday afternoon. Oh, these are written a little weirdly on the current website that I'm looking at. First up, the Miami Dolphins head to Buffalo to take on the Bills in a game that has seen some pretty major movement. It opened up at Bills minus nine and a half. And then dropped to well, it. 
it moved as the Miami quarterback news evolved, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it it opened up. Yeah, there's 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 it connective tissue on this one. Or Teddy might play. To yeah. Teddy's not playing. To yeah. two is not playing. And mm-hmm. as the news evolved, the line went up, right? For sure. Yeah, it opened it opened up at nine and a half. Bills minus nine and a half, which I hope you got it at Bills minus nine and a half. When uh, you know it looked like Tua might show up, but then it was Tua's out, and once Tua was out, it, it was ruled out. It went to Bills minus eleven, and then once because uh, Teddy still had a chance to play, and then once Teddy covers was uh, announced that he was out with the with the hand injury, uh, and that it was going to be Skylar Thompson, it immediately fell to Bills minus thirteen, and has been bet even further to uh, Bills minus uh, thirteen and a half. So you're giving up nearly. Minus, uh, two, minus two scores. 14 on points bet. So You're a few of them are given. Full touchdowns. Yeah. On points uh, tail of the tape on this one. Buffalo, number one overall in DVOA. Best team in the league, according to uh, the, the good people at Football Outsiders. Miami, eighth in DVOA, although they've been, uh, you know, slowly on the decline uh, as it's gone. Buffalo, eight, seven, and one against the spread. So uh, finished above 50%, but we're. Uh, not great, and uh, Miami was uh, nine and eight, so uh, the, nothing to nothing really grabbing your attention there as far as um, as far as the, the their records against the spread. I don't have a ton of analysis in this one, other than the fact that I think that this could get really, really, really ugly for the Miami Dolphins, especially with uh, Raheem Mostert out now as well with the busted thumb. They because Raheem was like Raheem been giving them some really good. Really yeah, good and he had a really nice game weeks. against Buffalo when they played a few in the weeks snow. ago. In two, absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so and I don't just like and people say, well, they've still got they've still got Tyreek and they've still got Waddle out there, but it just you don't have to defend those guys the same way with this quarterback. And I know the other thought process might be, well, Miami's been able to run the ball on Buffalo this year. Yeah, but if Skylar Thompson's the quarterback, you can just defend the entire thing so much differently, you yeah. know. Fox. And now most not around. It just like. If the Bills don't win this game, I would, A, be shocked, and, B, they're going to have to just really self-destruct on offense, and I just don't think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, and unlike Geno Smith, I don't see Skylar Thompson like this. This could be a, a, a brutal, brutal, like 33-3 to type Oh yeah, type of finish in favor of the Bills here. This, this, this could look not dissimilar yeah. to the Bills' first-round playoff game a year ago when they just beat the tar out of New England. This yeah. could look like that game. Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking it's going to go that way because only I, New England had all their players. <laughs> yeah, true. I, I, yeah, I luckily bet the Bills minus the nine and a half when the line opened up. Uh, I'm hesitant to lay the thirteen. I'm to put actual money on the thirteen and a half, but for purposes of this podcast, I'll be laying the thirteen and a half. Billy, what do you think about this one? I absolutely hate laying this many points, but I'm gonna. Mm-hmm. I almost never want to lay 13 points, but there's just no reason to believe that if Buffalo plays even three quarters of how they've played this whole year, uh, that they're not going to beat Miami by at least two scores. Uh, so I, I think you got to go Buffalo here, um, but I don't love it. Sharps have been driving the money on the Bills too. That's why I went from 13 to 13 and a half. And as Craig mentioned, some books it's at 11. So the, the Sharps are still on the Bills. I, I would I would wager the biggest chance that the Dolphins have is like some somebody said this that like the Dolphins best chance in this game is Josh Allen versus Josh Allen like if, if Josh Allen just has like one of those forces, days and, and he and he does do this he forces yeah. balls in sometime yeah. and, and his own a picks are a yep. problem a little he bit with absolutely him. Yep. is guilty of that from time to time 
Uh-huh. I just think that, like, you know, he's going to have to do it a lot because I'm not sure if Miami scores 14 in this game. Yeah. So, you know, like, if, if Miami's not scoring 14, I think Buffalo's going to. So, yeah, plus if Miami turns the ball over themselves, like they're going to have to play a relatively clean game on offense just to not give Allen a short field. Like it just it's it it could be ugly. Kind of sucks. They made this one the one o'clock game on Sunday instead of eight o'clock. That way that I would have liked to have seen Bill's Mafia with the maximum amount of hours to. I'm wondering if whatnot, they made right? this one o'clock for that specific reason to. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it was factored in for sure. Yeah. Um, Let's try to make this uh, as early as we possibly can. <laughs> uh, official picks for this one. I'm laying the 13 and a half with Buffalo, Craig. Uh, yeah, I'm doing the same. I just, I, I can't trust Skylar Thompson. Like I'm trusting Skylar Thompson in Orchard Park. I just, I can't do it. I can't do it. Give me the, give me the bills minus a 13 and a half. Billy? Gotta be the Bills. All right, three clean sweeps so far. Let's see if we can get a little bit different on this next one. The New York Football Giants head into Minnesota to take on your boys, Billy, only one of our teams that made the the playoffs this year. My team missed by a whisker, but what are you going to do? Tail of the tape for this one, the New York Jets, sorry, the New York Giants, uh, 21st in DVOA, Minnesota... 27th, so uh, easily the the, the uh, matchup of two of the more, uh, as people would perceive, overrated teams in in the league. I believe the Pythagorean win total that the Vikings had, they won 13 games, and their Pythagorean win total was like 7. <laughs> and... The Giants was somehow even worse. The what did the, the Giants finish with nine wins and their Pythagorean win total was like three? So, ugh, on this one, um, as far as the spread goes, the New York Giants number one team against the spread this year, thirteen and four, and the Minnesota Vikings were seven nine and one. So one team was significantly better against the spread than the Giants. This Minnesota Vikings team is one of the most disrespected teams that I have ever seen from the math guys, the analytics guys, whatever you want to call them. They have been carving this Vikings team up the entire season. And yet I sit here and I'm going to lay the three with the Vikings. And the reason I'm doing is that is because the entire world, the world is on the Giants right now. And I'm I'm just, I'm fading what I perceive is to be literally everybody on this one and, and lay in the points with the Vikings. Billy, how do you feel about your boys uh, hosting the Giants? So hypothetically, the Vikings don't deserve to be there, but undoubtedly the Giants don't deserve <laughs> to be there. So, like, I, look, maybe Minnesota is not a 13-4 and four team. I could hear the argument, let's say. Uh, mm-hmm. But the Giants are terrible. Minnesota, I mean... They're saying Giants plus three, so they're basically saying that these teams are even. They're not. Minnesota's a better team. Uh, I think they've got more playoff experience than the Giants do, the current Giants team, I'd say, probably. Uh, yeah, I got it. Regime Vikings. for sure. Yeah, I just, I, I don't, no faith in that Giants team, and I have some faith in this Vikings team. Yeah, it's it's strange to me. I'm on, I'm obviously the usual things to be worried about are there. Um, they're lowering them in DVOA. The Giants are very, very good against the spread. Kirk Cousins in prime time, obviously, is 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 a well noted uh, disaster movie. Fair enough. But 
I just I'm just fading. This is this is a, a, a this is the most public dog. This is just like this is such an, an obvious public dog spot, and I just I have to fade the public because that dog has got some fleas. If you're asking me, Bill, because I just I like Daniel Jones. I liked it. I like the Giants in the coaching matchup too. I like I like Dayball uh, a little bit more than I like your guy. And, like, I wouldn't be shocked, shocked if the Giants, you know, covered the spread or pulled off the upset and won this game and were playing next week. Like, like that wouldn't be that, that wouldn't be no. a, sh- a shocker at all to me. But I, I do think that I like the uh, – I just – I like I, – I, I, I've got to fake the public on this one. It's insane. There's so many people on this one. I have seen some sharp groups on the Giants too, but that still just – Freaks me out because I feel like uh, like ninety percent of the uh, of the I haven't heard a single person make a make a case for the Vikings. I, I, like it just seems like everybody is so unbelievably confident that the Giants get this win and get it easily that I'm just like I'm just gonna lay the three with, with the Vikings. I don't think cause... the Giants can be confident with anybody. Like they're not that yeah. good. They they've had a lot of games where they completely botched it against worse teams than Minnesota. So. Here's the thing that I think everybody's missing in this game. We are how you all these, well, the, the, the Vikings don't have a, a unit that's very good and you can't trust them. They're, they're ranked low in DVOA. That stuff's all true about the Giants, too. Oh, they mm-hmm. won a bunch of close games that maybe they shouldn't have. Also true about the Giants, you know? Like, so I'm going to take the team that is at home. And, and here's the thing. If you're talking about a major league baseball team that goes 13 and four and the underlying numbers don't necessarily back that up, you can say, oh, okay, yeah, maybe they're due for that to regress. NHL, same thing. NBA, same thing. In the NFL, if you go 13 and four, there's only 17 of these. And mm-hmm. they won 13 of those games. Like, so is Get this going to regress? Yeah, maybe, but I don't know when, and it may not be this week. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to take the Vikings at home minus a three. Yeah. This game just screams walk-off field goal too, which is another reason why you might want the Giants. But yeah, I, I my analysis in this one is just I it, it is unwavered. I just I cannot believe how many people are on the Giants. This is the most public dog I I can remember in recent memory in the playoffs, and I'm just gonna fade that. Yeah, and here's the thing: I rewatched because uh, it was on NFL Network this week. I rewatched a lot of the Vikings Giants game from what was that like week 13 or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, either way, I rewatched a lot of that game. And it might have been week 15. Either way, uh, the Vikings left a lot of stuff out there, which they did in a few different games this year. And uh, they, like they moved the ball well enough where it could have been more than a, uh, a one score victory. Uh, but I come back to this. I think that the way to, to get the Vikings is they lack a little bit of depth in the secondary. They're kind of banged up there. And, and they've got a couple of guys who are experienced guys, but are obviously older guys and have lost a little bit of athleticism in Patrick Peterson and, and Harrison Smith that are, that are back there. Uh, the, Viking, the, the Giants, rather, they don't have the skill guys to really take advantage of that, I don't think. I really don't think they do. And I, I just I think that if you're the Vikings and you're you've come off this season where you've won all these close games and hey, maybe the numbers say you're not quite as good as you are, this was the best possible opponent you could have picked as far as the NFC playoff teams go. So uh, I I'm gonna take the, the Vikings here. I feel pretty good about it. I think that this is a this is a this is a win for them. And like do we want Daniel Jones on the road? Is that what we want to do here? I'm not I'm not necessarily interested in that. 
Jones is definitely, I, I, I got to say, I've definitely perked up on Jones this year, even though the Giants have been a little bit, you know, weird and some of the, that, oh, that 6-0 and start or whatever the crap they had was clearly a, a, a house of cards. But, you know, he, he gets out of the pocket, man, and he moves, and he's been limiting his interceptions this year. And yeah. uh, I know when, when we did our season preview, we, we dogged him pretty hard, uh, you and I, Craig. But uh, I got to say, I'm coming around a little bit on, on Daniel Jones. I don't think he's like a full Well, leg. I would say this for Brian Dayball's credit. He's put him in the best yeah. possible situation. He'd be good. Sure has. And, and, yeah. and, and Brian Dayball there. But I um, I don't know. I just, I'm just i I'm, I'm still not a believer. And I'll tell you this right now. I don't know if the Giants are believers either. And what do they do with him? Are they franchising him this offseason? I don't know. Maybe. Otherwise, yeah. he's a free agent. Like, mm-hmm. I, and I have no idea how they handle that. So that'll be an interesting one to look at at in the spring. But uh, for this game, I, I, I want the Vikings. And at some point, like, the Giants have, you know, some, some decent players in their secondary. But at some point, this is a defense that is 29th in DVOA. And the Vikings have Justin Jefferson on their team. Like, mm-hmm. like the best player in this game plays for Minnesota, and I don't think it's particularly close. So, yeah, I'm taking the Vikings. All right. Uh, Craig's laying the three with the Vikings. I'm laying the three with the Vikings. Billy? Give me those Vikings. All right. Another clean sweep. Four sweeps in a row. Let's see if we can get a little bit different on this one. Uh, Baltimore heads to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. This is a line that has seen uh, the most movement all week. And uh, obviously there's a reason for that. This line opened up at Bengals minus six and a half. And then slowly creeped up. A lot of sharp money came in on on the Bengals at the 6.5 and and pushed it to the full touchdown. So we were getting the full touchdown earlier in the week. Then some rumors creeped up about, oh, is Lamar going to play? Who knows? And we saw, you know, the 7 creep to 7.5 and then to 8 and then to 8.5. And then he was officially ruled out and it got all the way to 9.5. Now, 9-5, it, it got all the way up to uh, Ravens uh, plus 9.5. 9.5 is where I came in on it because that was too high for me. And the Sharps apparently agreed with me because they hammered the 9-5 uh, all the way back down to Bengals minus 8, where it currently sits. So this this line has had a... Uh, and this line had... is different in a few places. Because mm-hmm. at Caesars, at Caesars at DraftKings, it's the 8.5. Uh, Bet MGM has it the nine, and there are some places where you can still get the nine and a half. So as wow, they like, not so every book has half. moved the line in the same fashion. Put it that way. Okay, interesting. Uh, tail of the tape for this one: Baltimore seventh in DVOA, Cincinnati fifth. So a nice little slight advantage there. Uh, Cincinnati second best team against the spread this year, twelve and four. Obviously, they missed the one game uh, due to the uh, the Demar Hamlin incident. He's been discharged, and we're all glad that uh, that he's doing it. Uh, do you guys think he'll show up on the sidelines or or anything for the Dolphins game? I would if I'm the Bills, I'm mm-hmm. saving that. Yeah, save that for a bigger game, maybe, or maybe yeah, show him give, from home. Maybe show him from home. Get well. Yeah, we got another week to get well, and uh, and who are they playing next week? In all likelihood, I think the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I'll, I'll, I'll wait for that. We'll do it next week. Yeah, Baltimore was seven nine and one against the spread, particularly because they didn't score a ton of points um third time these two teams have played i uh back-to-back weeks these two teams will meet although i'm not putting any stock into that week 18 game that we saw whatsoever ravens were playing their third string quarterback and f- f- missing four of their starters. they may be playing their third string quarterback again huntley is that's true huntley may not go in this game yeah huntley, that's the thing so lamar has officially been ruled out for this one huntley is looks like he's going to be a game time decision with the with the injury that he's got 
So we might be looking at the Ravens' third-string quarterback. I still think on this one, even at the eight, that uh, Baltimore is... I fully expect the Bengals to win this game, but uh, Joe Burrow is that dude. But I think the eight, is, as, as it is currently constituted, is too high for a, uh, for a team such as the Ravens. Uh, this is their third matchup. This Ravens defense is really, really good. Um, all, all the third-string quarterback has got to do is get it to the 45-yard line, and he's in Justin Tucker range. So I expect the Ravens to score a few points and keep this game somewhat close, and I think they cover the spread, but I think the Bengals ultimately win the game. So I, I'm going to be taking the points uh, with the, the Baltimore Ravens on this one, even though it looks like it, it very may very well be a third-string quarterback because I don't think that's going to matter because I don't think the play of the third-string quarterback is going to be that different from uh, Tyler Huntley. And I trust the coaching. Uh, from John Harbaugh on this one, so yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be taking uh, Baltimore plus the nine, even though I think the Bengals are are very very good and will win this game. What say you, Craig? I'm gonna take the Bengals. I just like, mm-hmm. do I want to be in a situation where I've got Anthony Brown on the road against Joe Burrow? Is that something I want to have be in my life? Um, well, you're looking no, at it the I'm wrong take... way. You would you would have the Baltimore Ravens defense and potentially you know Justin Tucker in a decent run game against. Yeah, uh, no, I, I get it, but <laughs> at some Burrow. point, like if the Ravens get to 21, I mean the Ravens. The Ravens are not getting 21 in this game. Uh, if the Bengals get to 21, I, I Baltimore is probably getting to 13. But am I sure about that? Like you know, it just like if there's turnovers or whatever it happens to be, I, I and. The other thing is, the the Ravens' defense is good, yes, but you know how you get it? You, what you do against them is you try to beat them over the top. And Jamar Chase is a really good player, and he's on Very the Bengals, and he's good at beating mm-hmm. guys over the top. Uh, I, I feel as though the Bengals' offense just has so many things that they do well right now. They're running the ball well when they need to, and they're, you know... They're working the ball well. Like, where they give you a spot, Burrow is finding a spot. Plus, they have their breaking case of emergency thing, which is, all right, we're just going to run a deep ball to Jamar and see what happens. And sometimes, you know, you get a flag or you get Jamar catching the ball or whatever it happens to be. That's their kind of, like, worst-case scenario is, well, we're just going to chalk it up to Jamar. We'll see what goes on. And Jamar's really good. So I I just think that the Bengals are going to be able to move the ball enough to the point where – this version of the Ravens' offense is not going to be able to keep up with them. Fair enough. Um, all right, so I'm laying, I'm taking the points. Bill's laying, or Craig's laying the points. Billy, tiebreaker. Yeah, I think I want those points. I, I'm a believer in the Bengals as well. I think the Bengals are absolutely fantastic. I think I, I've watched a lot of Joe Burrow this year, and I think he's very good, and he makes great decisions. But that's just too many points for a good team. Uh, with a good scheme and a good defense, uh, if Baltimore can find a way to slow this game down at all so it doesn't just become Burrow driving up and down the field, I think they're going to be able to keep it close enough. Uh, I'm taking the points here. All right. So um, official pretty – another thing for the, this one is I just think it's too much point, especially if it's like the 9.5 too, if you can still find that out there. But third, third matchup between these two teams, you know, it just – they split them. Tough. Yeah, and they did yeah. split them. And, well, and mm-hmm. here's the thing. The Ravens won the one that Lamar Jackson played it, and they didn't win. True. The Ravens were yeah. trying to win a week 18. But, like, mm-hmm. just so much of their offense is predicated on stuff Lamar does, and if he's not That's around, sure. you just 
I just can't trust them against what I think is a, a very solid Bengals defense that, yeah. that, you know, they're, they're not, you know, amongst the most elite defense in the league, but they're good. Like they're, it's a yeah. good defense. So the, this I Bengals don't, team I could trust. very well win the Super Bowl. Could oh, very yeah. well win the Super Bowl. If I were to rank my team, like they would be in my five teams that I think are within the top tier. I think they mm-hmm. have the hardest road because they may have to win at Buffalo and win at Kansas City in consecutive weeks to get there. But this mm-hmm. Bengals team has won on the road in the playoffs before. We've seen them do it. So yeah. I, I, I would say they're the fifth on my top tier of Super Bowl contenders, but they're in my top tier. All right. Um, official picks on this one. I'm uh, going Baltimore plus eight. Craig? Bengals. Give me the Bengals Bill. minus eight. Bill? Baltimore. All right, so we have a uh, our first disagreement. Uh, let's see how we feel about the Monday night matchup, because uh, second year in a row we're rocking Monday night playoff matchups. The Dallas Cowboys are heading to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers. This line opened up at Bucks plus three, and the Sharks came in on the Bucks a little bit, and now it is uh, Bucks uh, plus two and a half. So we still have another home dog to bet, and I know it's ugly. Uh, well, tail of the tape on this one first. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 17th in DVOA. The Dallas Cowboys, 6th. So, edge to the Cowboys on that one. As far as the spread goes, uh, Tampa Bay, I'm a worst team against the spread in the entire NFL. 4, 12, and 1. The Dallas Cowboys, 10 and 7. They were they were a top, uh, they finished 7th. So, they were a top 7 team. So, obviously, Dallas much, much better against the spread. Uh, all that said, uh... I'm taking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this one. Uh, I don't want to. It, I'm, di- I'm just going back to the old gambling adages on this one. I know that the Buccaneers were nine and seven. I or sorry, eight and nine. I know that they shouldn't be a playoff team. It's a shame that they get to be in here because of the way the dumb divisions line up. But they're going to be in. They're going to be in Tampa. Tom Brady's going to be working his black magic in this one. And I fully expect the Buccaneers to win a stupid, stupid game and eliminate the Cowboys. And we got to watch one more week of Tom Brady before they get slaughtered by San Francisco or whoever they get uh, the week they after. They would get the Eagles. Uh, well, yes, it depends on the get... Minnesota Giants game. But if, if, if Minnesota yeah. wins, they're going to get the Eagles. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm taking the points with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I'm just going back on the old adage game of, of let's, let's just take the home dog. On this one, I'm just I'm just going old school home dog on this one, and you know the public's going to be on the Cowboys in this one. So uh, give me the Buccaneers, Billy. What do you think? Oh, you know what? It's going to be the Cowboys for me. Um, right. I, I just think the Cowboys are a better team, more all around. Uh, I really don't think Tampa Bay deserves to be there. I think, I mean, eight and nine. I think it's obvious they don't deserve to be there. But I think Tampa Bay has played poor all year. Dallas has played significantly better, even with some injury problems. Um, despite having to go on the road, I like Dallas. All right. So I'm on the Bucks. Billy is on the Cowboys. Correct tiebreaker for this one. Cowboys for me, and I know it seems silly just with the Cowboys playoff demons and they're up against a, like a quarterback that's uh, he's, he's had some playoff success from what I understand. Um, but just uh, the Cowboys, just the, the, the roster is better. They have better players than the Buccaneers do. And I, I know that the Buccaneers are getting some guys back and they're going to be healthier on the offensive line that they have been all year. 
and and that's good. That's 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 helpful. They they're going to need that against this Cowboys front. But I just I think the Cowboys are just are better. I I I, I trust them more in this situation. So give me the Cowboys. Uh, they they've got some demons to slay here, and they've the, the, this franchise has never beaten Tom Brady, which is an interesting stat. But I think yeah, I saw time, that. So yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take the I'll take the Cowboys on the road here. This is a coaching apocalypse, the likes of which we have really never seen before for a playoff game. Todd Bowles versus Mike McCarthy. Are you kidding me with that? That's gross. Is this for the coaches? Is this for the coaches a loser leaves town match? I sure think so. If if you're if you're Mike McCarthy, you gotta go right. Although oh, Mike, Jerry McCarthy. Jones. You, you never know with Jerry, though, Jerry right? Jerry's... Know. That being said, you know who is interviewing in Denver this week that may also want to work for the Dallas Cowboys? John Payton. Oh, Payne. yeah. Yeah, Shawnee Payton. That, That's true. Yeah. There's there's that conversation as well. I don't know if Payton winds up coming to Denver. I think Denver's going with Harbaugh, which is fine with me. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, if, if McCarthy loses this game, that's it. And if for Bowles, like, maybe it's not it because it's only year one, but they went eight and nine with Tom Brady at quarterback. That's... That's, that's tough to justify. Yeah, it, it depends, I think, what Brady does in the offseason. If he's back with Tampa Bay, Bowles is probably gone. If he's not, then, I don't know, maybe they go, hey, let's see what happens without uh, with old, old Timmy B there uh, pulling the strings, right? So that's something to consider, but uh, I definitely wouldn't keep him around. That's just, that's just me. That's just me. Um, all right, official picks for this one. I'm going to say Bucks plus two and a half. Craig. Cowboys, minus two and a half. All right. And Billy? Cowboys. All right. So we uh, we got a few different ones there. Um, before we get entered, is there anything else you guys wanted to talk about? Craig, you mentioned the uh, the Broncos coaching search. Do you have uh, any 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 thoughts, any musings on that that you want to get off your chest? The way this has been set up, I'll be disappointed if it's not Sean Payton or Jim Harbaugh, and I would prefer her. Yeah, they're, they're, it seems like they're talking to all the right dudes, that's for sure, or, or all of the... Yeah, the, and you think... The, I've got not the right dudes, the sexier-named dudes, right? Like, you know... And, and, mm. But I think they're going to go with someone who's been a head coach before. Mm. I think they need that. I like the idea of the CEO and Harbaugh saying, hey, this is what we're going to do on offense, this is what we're going to do on defense, and... You know, this is going to be, she's going to be someone who commands respect instantly, someone who's been an NFL quarterback before. And look, Wilson looked a lot better after Hackett was out of the equation. I, I sure like to believe that's something I can carry in the next year. We'll see. Uh, but I want someone who is going to create an environment where not only is it likely to succeed, but an environment where what they say goes and they've got a lot of sway. You know, this is a coach that has a lot of sway in the organization. So, uh, yeah, for me, Harbaugh or Peyton would be the types of guys that would bring that level of gravitas. And uh, those are the types of guys I want. And here's the other thing. Uh, the Broncos owners are the richest owners in the National Football League. If you're sitting in the room with the 32 people who don't NFL franchises and you're the richest person there, you're pretty fucking rich. So yeah. they'll be able to offer big amounts of money to these men to see if they want to coach the Denver Broncos. Yeah, that's like me with the uh, with Newcastle. Once the, uh, the that Saudi conglomerate bought Newcastle, I was like, "Wow, 
we're the richest team in the Premier League now, and it's not even close. And you know, and the Premier League. Hey, where'd got, that money know, come from? It's best yeah. not to think about. <laughs> yeah, it's really not. It's really, really not. Um, as far uh, I, I was thinking about my Lions, and obviously they're going to be like some sort of weird, like like it's going to be weird that everybody's next year when we're when we're doing this in uh, September uh, of 2023 that they're most likely to be the I mean the draft hasn't happened yet but from where I'm sitting right now the most hyped up team next year is probably going to be the Detroit Lions uh yeah certainly going to be up there it was the way week 18 ended was pretty damn good it feels weird that uh the Lions are, are, are very optimistic about uh going into next season and that they should be able to contend for the NFC North next year. That said, I still fully acknowledge how sad it is that that week 18 victory that didn't even get the Lions into the playoffs was honest to goodness. I think a Mount Rushmore victory for the fucking franchise, right? Like no, no joke. I think, I think that was a top four win for the Detroit Lions and they just went into Lambeau and basically ruined, uh, Green Bay's, uh, playoff chances which fine <laughs> you know great because i hate that team and i hate aaron Rodgers. but in the last 25 years if you thought the lions yeah. would win, if green bay had to win and get into the playoffs in the final you would no. say no 25 years in a row <laughs> sure would have sure would have and i would have been right for a lot of those years <laughs> but this one time i would have been wrong and it was it was it was pretty darn good and then you know for aaron Rodgers to do the whole like immediately lose the game and go right into the uh, to, to the most dramatic behavior he could possibly go into. I was like, God, I hate this guy. Fuck you. Right? Like, it, just, it made it that much sweeter. That, that there are a lot of Packers fans that want them to trade that particular player this offseason, which you can well, do. You can't cut yeah. him. Yeah. So, I can see that. But can like, I, yeah, I think they want – well, I mean, there's a bevy of reasons. The first and foremost being that he looks like he's cooked. And he's, hitting, he's about to hit 40 years old next year, and he looks like he's cooked. So – I don't know. I just, just I wasn't really af- wasn't really afraid of Jer- of Aaron Rodgers in that game. I was more more afraid of the Lions' past demons, you know, coming back to haunt them. But like, yeah, the way the what way Campbell the coached that, uh, I thought that was third down. Well, it, when it happened in real time, my heart skipped a beat because I thought that the ball got punched out by. I thought they threw a. I thought they threw a safe slant to Amon Ra. Uh, uh, St. Brown, because it, like it was, it was second and seventeen, right when that happened, because there was a holding call, and my heart skipped a beat because I thought that the, I thought the ball got punched out when he caught it, and it was about to go flying backwards, but then Swift caught it, and I was like, oh no, that was a plan, they planned that, and then he ended up getting like thirteen yards, and then it set up a third and four, and I was like, that was the sweetest thing I've ever seen, quite frankly. <laughs> that 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 was so good. But yeah, my heart, def- there was a good half a second there where I was like, <gasps> shit! <laughs> right? <laughs> like that, where I was like, there it is, there's the Lions, We they got punched out on third, you know, third and second and 17 and, and whatnot, but uh, as far as that play call, that's the, that's the only play that happened that entire game that I wonder if uh, Dan Campbell would have called that particular play if uh, the Rams had beaten the Seahawks earlier in the day. And yeah, and the playoffs were indeed on the line. Um, the the if if 
all other situations in the game, I believe Dan Campbell would have coached that the exact same. Like um, the very last play with the fourth and one when uh, when they could have they kicked the field goal. Yeah, to go up seven, and then well, I don't know if the, he would have called that particular play, but he would have been going for it. Is is what oh, I'm saying, gone right? For like, it. I yeah. just uh, to me, I was a little beside myself when the oh yeah, they're gonna go for it in the fourth down, try to win the game here. I think yeah. that was absolutely the right call. But then they come yeah. out and they line up and empty. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And oh yeah, I said it. the exact same thing because you know I hate empty backs with a quarterback who isn't mobile <laughs> in, yeah. in, the, so in those types line of up situations. And and here's the thing. The thing is, you and I are sitting at home saying, what the fuck? I would suspect yeah. that the Packers defenders were saying the very same thing. So you got yeah. a, you got just a second of confusion from them, and maybe that was what the goal was. And, yeah. and Chark got open. And Chark yeah. got open, and Chark was very open in that little quick slant, and they they get the first down, and that's it. Game over. But, uh, yeah, when they lined up and empty on that fourth and one, I was just like, what the fuck? What the fuck are you thinking? And the, like, uh, you know, like Jamal and, Williams has been really good at getting you that yard all season. And you just, yeah. you know, okay, we're going to Yeah, and, and it was, uh, and it also had, and I didn't, and I heard a lot of Packers people talking about how that was Quay Walker's side of the field, too, and that he, that would have been yeah. his, Shark would have been his assignment there. Well, that, and, uh, <laughs> maybe Quay <laughs> shouldn't be shoving people on the training staff if he wants to be in That the was yeah, that was so weird. I thought the the rest. Yeah, I wonder if um, I wonder if Quay gets suspended. Although it seems like that has. Uh, yeah, that uh, that, 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 that sailed. Yeah, that talk hasn't really really kept. So if that was a if that was anything other than week well, eighteen, should have been right kicked the out of the game too. Yeah, because he bought, he chest bumped right afterward, which was weird, and that was right after he gave the forearm shiver to Swift and caused the whole yeah. thing. That should have been a. Uh, Understand is like these guys are like standing like right above Swift when he's clearly hurt and medical teams coming out to see like get out of the fucking way. Like, <laughs> yeah, especially six days removed from Demar Hamlin, six, not even a week, right? Like, oh, oh, it was. Question it was... for you about the Lions: winning uh-huh. that football game means that Jared Goff is unquestionably the starting quarterback going into next season. That's a non-conversation that anyone other than him yeah. is starting, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I absolutely. Well, obviously, based on the fact that they got the six, they're not going to get Bryce Young or C.J. Shroud. No. Uh, so there, those guys are going to be there. Richardson conversation, and Andrew Richardson is a guy that people say, "Oh, this guy, this guy might need a year." Well, maybe that year can be behind Jared Goff, and you do the Mahomes yep. plan where he sits for yeah. a year. So I not think terrible. If, yeah, if the Lions like Anthony Richardson. Uh, uh, I think that there is definitely something to be said for for drafting that player. Uh, not with the sixth pick necessarily, but with your own first round pick at 18, could Anthony Richardson last until there? Like he's obviously he 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 played at Florida. I like him as as a player. Uh, they didn't have a ton around him this year, so the numbers don't necessarily look great. Um, I don't know if he lasts till 18. But you can trade down at six if that's something you're interested in. There's You have a lot of options. I wouldn't want to go get Will Levis from Kentucky. I, I think that Richardson is the guy I'd rather have. Uh, but they've got some options there at quarterback as far as what they want to do. And again, they can sit whoever they have for a year and, and, and let Goff be QB. Plus, just per over the cap, via some pretty easy cuts that I think they're going to make, the Lions are going to have $30, $40 million in cap space this mm-hmm. offseason. They're going to be able to go get some guys, presumably guys who play defense, and really bolster this roster this offseason. Yeah. They're going to be able to 
like that. So, yeah, yeah they're going to be in a good spot, and they're going to be a tricky NFC North pick uh, going into next season, uh, barring something very bizarre happening this offseason. Yeah, I think if you're the Lions, though, I don't, I don't, I'm not, it just seems like that that pick, that six pick that they got from the Rams has got to be used on a defensive player, be it a Jalen Carter, who I don't think will be there, but, you know, maybe maybe Murphy's there, maybe Ringo, the cornerback from Georgia's there. So I, I, like, I think I those like are the guys are going to be I, I think that adding Ringo to the group makes a lot of sense because I think that's the spot mm-hmm. they can improve. And Okuda showed some signs of life this year, and I don't know. Yes. Based on the injuries, I don't know if he's ever going to be. Oh yeah, I'm glad we took him third overall. I don't know if that's ever going to be the case. No, yeah. But he definitely showed some signs of life of being a decent NFL corner. So if you can play, pair those two guys, that might be good. There's and they'll have Kirby some Joseph, who looks like he's already the best guy in the in the secondary too, right? So yeah, yeah. yeah. And they have a draft. That's the thing. You have when you have those elite draft classes, and you add mm-hmm. Hutchison. You add Williams and you add Joseph and you add Houston all in one draft class. Like that can be a franchise changing thing to have that, sure. you know, to get all sorts of players like that, sort of bang, 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 right in a row. Like mm-hmm. there's, um, there's, there's a lot to be excited about if you're a Lions fan, I think. And that's, it's, it's been a while since one could say that. I don't think anybody's ever been able to say that. <laughs> um, uh, what do you think the Bears do with the number one overall pick? Because we can talk about the nonsense that happened in that. Uh, I had I had two mini miracles. Well, one was a flat-out miracle. Actually, I'd say they're both flat-out miracles in terms of against the spread. I had one go my way and the other not go my way. Um, let me tell you this one, Bill, because you'll get a kick out of this. So I thought I had bet the Jets in that Jets-Miami game. And the entire day I was thinking that I only had the Jets plus three. So there wasn't a second of that football game where I wasn't covering. And then here's how here's how it goes. It go you know because it was like three nothing, not it was like three nothing pushing three three covering six three pushing six six covering. And then finally the Dolphins with like you know forty seconds left or whatever kicked the field goal to go up. And I'm like all right, so that one's probably going to be a push. And then. The game ends, and it says 9-6, and I get the push notification that says I'm a winner because I didn't have uh, Jets plus three. I had Jets plus three and a half. So I'm like, oh, my God. So, I, you know, I, you know, I, the, the euphoria leaves my body. I'm like, that was a win. I thought that was a push the whole time, the whole freaking game. And then it happens where I go to check my bankroll afterwards, and I'm like, I'm missing some money. Where did that go? And I go and I check the settled part of my app, and then I saw that the game got regraded because they did the pitchy pitchy woo woo at the end of the game and gave up the game into a safety. Oh, so bad, so bad. They lose eleven to six and cover the spread. So bad. Honestly, you should be able to get insurance. They like there, there should be some weird unspoken rule in the in the NFL where if you're covering the spread and a team gets to the third lateral insurance kicks in on whatever your bet is right and you get like half of it back or like insurance and blackjack or however that works like it's like the second there's a third lateral it's like okay <laughs> like insurance insurance and the, like if there's double zeros on the clock and a, and a or triple zero whatever it is and if a third lateral has occurred runs the last play of the game from their own yeah. side of the field yeah. then you just win that if if if, if yeah. the, the, the score before that snap that's the final score yeah, yeah maybe that's yeah it really should be. It's just it, it, it's brutal. That that one was brutal. But I but I did have the uh, 
the Houston Texans getting the three. And they ended up winning off of a, like, oh, my God. I don't know who the corner in the Colts was. He didn't he didn't get enough uh, attention for how poorly he played that going for the interception uh, on, on that particular play. That yeah, was, you don't that go was, for an interception on fourth oh. down. Just bat the ball. It just does, it does just as good. Just what you yeah. want. So... I would wager that the Bears, because they don't want they, obviously Bryce Young is the is the big uh, the big guy in this one. Um, I, the I Bears think the most likely Bryce Young. The Bears are going to trade this draft. No, yeah, they're going to try, and I feel like they're going to trade it to Houston, right? So they're they're going to get all of Houston's draft capital basically for them to move up one spot. So if Houston so has Browns... Cleveland's first round pick. Do you think yeah. that the Texans are going to be willing to give up number two and number eleven to get to number one, or number twelve rather to get to number one? I think they're going to have to if they don't want to give up like next year's pick or whatever, right? Because they gotta they gotta get up to number one to get Bryce Young. And if you're the Bears, now, you don't want to get too far down because you still want Jalen yeah. Carter, I think, who is if the best player in this draft. Are, let's say you're the Bears, and you also get an offer mm-hmm. from the Colts, pick four and next year's first. Which mm-hmm. of those two offers do you like more? <sighs> I think I like the Texans one if I'm getting eleven as well. Because I don't want to move too yeah, far if, down because I want to get Jalen Carter, too, is the thing. Because yeah. Carter Texans... doesn't get past the Cardinals, right? Oh, no, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I would... So I, that's... Well, yeah. the Will Anderson thing is, like, Will Anderson's obviously an elite prospect. I'm I'm yeah. wondering where Stroud yeah. is. Like... Yeah, Because here's... True. Let's just say Stroud doesn't... Well, if the Colts trade up to one... Well, let's say the Texans trade up to one and they take Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. Where does Stroud go? Does he go to the Colts at four? Yeah, I think. Maybe I that. think. Yeah, I think Maybe Stroud. That. I think the Colts ends up. If, I think. Uh, the, I think one way or another, the Colts are ending up with Stroud because um, I, th- I think that the, the order of the top three will change, but I don't think the teams do. Uh, so if you're the Bears, you're not taking a quarterback. Uh, the Texans will take Bryce Young. If you're the Cardinals, you're not taking a quarterback. And then I think C.J. Stroud is just sitting there for the Colts at four, and then that's one of the easiest yeah. picks of the draft. Yeah. I think that's yep. how that goes down. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's about right. Well, Bill, we have lots yep. of time for draft analysis. We'll uh, for look sure. forward to some uh, some fun games again. Billy, conf- confidence level going into Sunday. Love it. Love it. We're getting to the second round. And All right. More, but let's start with this one. All right. Yeah, one at a time. Sorry, you were going to say something there, Craig? My question. If mm-hmm. the matchup next week is Vikings at 49ers. What is that line? Vikings at 49ers. That would be Niners by, I think, I give them a hook, seven and a half. I was going to say seven. I was going to say the full touchdown, but I guess we'll see how the games go this weekend. But I I think right now I think it would be the full touchdown. Yeah, I, I think we're all, yeah. Billy's probably right up it. Uh, well, I don't know, because in a playoff game, they might be hesitant to give away that hook, right? But who knows? But yeah, I'm thinking seven. I think it's going to be at least seven. You're laying a, you're, you're going to be laying a full touchdown next week if you're playing the Niners, Bill. That's, yep. That's the reality of the situation, people. So, I, uh, like, that's, on yeah. my day job, I picked on the air before there was even a snap taken this season. The Super Bowl matchup I picked was 49ers over Bills. And I'm feeling very much good about play. I'm yeah, feeling pretty very good much about play. I'd have to go back or, and check. I think Bills, I've never written in my books. Bills over 49ers. Excuse me. Bills over 49ers is what I picked. So, feeling good about yeah. that. 
the bills are going over all right could be their year is it their year we're gonna find out uh that is it for uh this week crossover podcast available at uh, the crossoverpodcast.com facebook.com slash crossover podcast and itunes please rate and subscribe for us as only uh we're also on google play spotify and stitcher and pretty much any podcatcher Excuse me, pretty much any podcatcher that you might happen to have on your your various devices out there. Please leave us a review on any of those. Those always help. Uh, And as always, you do not have to listen, but please download the Crossover Podcast. That'll be it for this week. Might be back a little bit earlier than next week because I might want to get somebody else on on the other side of the podcast to talk about what's going on with... uh, uh, some of the things uh, in a subject we've not really touched on the crossover podcast before, but I really want to talk about what's going on in the uh, TTRPG world right now with this thing that the Wizards of the Coast is doing. It's uh, kind of scary going forward, and, and uh, it's not that dissimilar to the amount of uh, fear that wrestling fans have right now with what Vince McMahon might do. Uh, Although apparently Triple H came out and, and flat out said today that Vince is not going to have anything to do with creative going forward. And I recognize that that can change, but I'm going to take that at face value. Because that was honestly the biggest thing everybody was worried about was wrestling got to a Didn't pretty good place Stephanie there. did Stephanie already quit, though? Yeah, but that, I think, has more to do with the fact... Because, like, Stephanie, it, 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 the timeline is very obvious. She Because she resigned earlier in 2022... Um, citing that she wanted to spend more time with her kids because she's got a couple of teenage girls and whatnot, and that makes sense. You know, you get burned out doing that sort of a thing. You just want to go home and rest. About three days after she resigned, all of the Vince stuff uh, came to a head, and Vince had stepped down like a week later. And the second Vince stepped down, Stephanie immediately was like, all right, well, I'll go back. So it it seemed very much like she just didn't want to be there because her dad uh, was probably being too much of of a pain. Um, and then they ran it for uh, pretty. They ran it pretty well for the few months that uh, Vince was out. And then once Vince came back, she immediately was like, "I'm out of here." So uh, it, 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 the, the, it, the timeline seems very obvious, or, or would seem rather obvious to the uh, outside observer as to why that decision was made for her. But uh, honestly, everybody's just mostly concerned that Vince is going to show up and take back over creative and and because the guy is just out of touch right it's just he's he's in his late 70s right he's he's he doesn't have it anymore you, you need that fresh blood and and trips was doing a really good job uh running it over the past few months so you hope you keep that you hope you hope he's he's right and vince doesn't kind of worm his way back into the creative and, and start giving people suggestions and whatnot but it is what it is we'll see what happens going forward anyway uh craig Bill, as always, it was a pleasure doing this uh, with you guys. Billy, good luck to your Vikings uh, against the Giants this week. And uh, since I got a minus three, I hope we're talking about them playing next week for you. Uh, Take care, everybody, and uh, we'll talk to you next time on the Crossword Podcast. (laughs) 